Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm Noel. I'm Corey, and we are chillin'. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's I'm much more awake this time, so oh. that's a positive. Oh, I am, I am much less awake this time. <laughs> oh, good. Should we just lead with that? I feel like we should just lead with that. That's lead with whatever you would with. like to. Go for okay. it. Okay, we're we're leading with that. So uh, I have a buddy. His name's Mark. I've talked about him extensively on this podcast for obvious have reasons. Because maybe because really don't a think good, you have. Mark's a good. Oh, before hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I dropped everything. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Um, Corey's fully walking away from his desk to the back of his room, going to his jersey rack. He grabbed something. And okay. he's back. Okay. So my mom was on like the Matt Stafford Super Bowl train when, well, of when they made it to the Super Bowl. So she was like, I got to get some Matt Stafford gear before the Super Bowl. Um, and I was like, okay. So she's like, go find me some. And I'm like, all right, mom. <laughs> so, I f- so I found her a t-shirt with like the Super Bowl logo and it didn't come before the Super Bowl. So that was kind of annoying. She's like, I was like, it's not supposed to come before the Super Bowl. She's like, okay, I want it anyway. So okay. then she's like, I'll get you something too. And it's like, well, obviously you know what I want. <laughs> so I got this Aww. in the mail today. Um, it's the home Rams Super Bowl jersey with the patch and everything. Matt Stafford, because, you know, Super Bowl champ. Um, uh, and it just got here today. And it was ordered when? February. Yikes. Where was that's it coming how, from? NFL shop. That's how backed up they were in this like supply chain issue. And I was wow. like, holy smokes. Like that's, that's bad for even the NFL is usually like the league that's on top of these things as far as merch and everything. So like, I feel like I could have gotten an, an AFC or NFC championship, something, uh, before, uh, the Super Bowl. but like the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, that the Super Bowl jersey, everybody wants a Super Bowl jersey. If their team makes yeah, it to the Super Bowl, regardless if they win it or not, how do you not have stock to just ship out before the game? It doesn't make any sense to me. But I don't know. Lo and I'm behold, sure I somebody have somebody who is in supply chain would be able to explain that a lot better than I would be able to pull things out of my butt. Yes. Lo and behold, I have it before Super Bowl uh, 2023. So I guess cool. It came in time, sort of. Um, and also if anybody is listening and wants to trade a blue Matt Stafford Super Bowl jersey for a white Matt Stafford Super Bowl jersey, because I wasn't allowed to get picky, um, hit me up because I will trade you for a size large. I don't think they exist, but if they do, hit me up. I want one to match what was worn on the field. But that's that's nitpicky. We're not going to get into that, so we won't mm-hmm. we won't get into that. Don't dive into um, that too deep. Um, how did that tie into Mark? Oh, uh, I just because <laughs> that was where you originally started that story. <laughs> yeah, that's where I originally started. So Mark, Mark's just a cool guy. I grew up with him in church, um, and uh, he goes to chiropractor school in St. Louis. So you know, we text. You know, we're friends. We we keep up. Um, and then one day he was like, "Hey, do you want to go to a Blues playoff game?" I'm like, well, duh, any Mm -hmm. sports game ever I would go to. Um, And he didn't have tickets, and he's like, well, okay, like, you figure it out, and then if you want to (laughs) come, you can come. So I'm like, all right. So they 
the Blues played the Avalanche game four on Monday night in St. Louis. Um, so I was looking through tickets. We bought tickets. They're pretty expensive, but also not that expensive. We just got in the door. And then I was like, well, there's a Cardinals game before. So maybe we could go to the Cardinals game before <laughs> we go to the Blues game. Double whammy it. Double whammy it. And that is exactly what we did. <laughs> Mark's got a buddy who works for the Cardinals, so he got us tickets for free. So we sat nice. there, watched about six innings of that game, and then we went to the Blues game, which was a ton of fun. And it has been such a long time since I have seen a full arena mm. for a hockey game. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, man, I remember going to Joe Louis Arena and watching the Red Wings play in like the first round against Tampa Bay. And it was like, they were not going to win the series, but the but the building was absolutely electric. So sure. I was like, it kind of had those vibes, but also it's like, I'm not a blues fan. I was wearing a blues jersey. I blended in quite nicely, but like, it, that's not my team. And I've been to yeah. a couple playoff games since the any of my Detroit teams have been in. And I'm like, this is cool. This is fun. This is a great environment. Like, anyone should go to a playoff game if they have an opportunity to, regardless if it's their team. But I'm just like, Man, when's this going to be my team again? <laughs> when's it going to be my turn? You know, so a yeah. little bit. It was a lot of fun. Uh, game was really good. Um, both games were really good. Um, but just like a little bit of like, dang, like mm -hmm. the Red sure. should be here. The Tigers should be here. All of this stuff. Um, so, but that's just not, that's just not reality for us right now, Noel. And we're doing a podcast really about probably the worst sports city in america right now yeah all around and that, just and that's cool. and that's not an exaggeration i don't think you can you don't you can't find me another sports city in america that's worse right now mm -hmm. you can't mm -hmm. you can't no i can't <laughs> nope can't <laughs> uh, like it seems like every single city has won a championship in the past decade seattle you have all of california so i'm just i'm grouping all those guys together just like screw you guys new york at some point did right or but it's new york so who cares um well, <laughs> okay um oh the giants the giants won mm-hmm not so long ago. The Yankees won in 2009. Um, you have the, I guess, Carolina was in the Super Bowl. Okay, big whoop. Cincinnati is now looking like they could be something legit since they just made it to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Freaking Tampa Bay. Ugh, freaking Tampa Bay. All three of their sports franchises were in their respective championships in one season. I don't think mm -hmm. that's ever happened before. Um mm -hmm. And just looking, thinking that the Braves won the World Series, so Atlanta and Georgia won the national championship, so you got a twofer. Um, mm -hmm. Texas, Houston, the Astros, uh, Golden State's won frickin' every other year. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee won a championship. Like, Philly, uh, Villanova, uh, and then uh, who else won? The the Eagles. They beat the Patriots. Nick Foles and the Philly Spot. Literally every single sports city in America has seen a championship in the past decade. Except Detroit. And Cleveland. 
<laughs> but we don't talk about Cleveland. Cleveland. We're we're in a, but they have Columbus, so they 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 take Columbus. So I feel like a up. lot of Cleveland people would be like, mm, "Watch yourself." The, uh, okay, well, Brandon Bush, Cornerstone, if he's yes. listening, I know I know he has listened to the podcast. I don't know if he's still listening or not. Um, but always claimed Columbus. So it was the it, right, yeah, it was, it was it was the fine. Guardians. It was the Guardians. Oh, now, yeah. I guess Browns. Blue Jackets, quote unquote, but that's Columbus, and then yep. of course the Buckeyes. So, I, I don't, no, I don't even want to hear anything from Cleveland either. No way. <laughs> don't give me that. Yeah, Cle- sure. Cleveland is Cleveland has won a playoff game in this decade. Okay, so just every, every Kansas effing city. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, there are some things that you can just like laugh about. Uh, you can't. You really can't. You just. Uh. I'm laughing. I'm gonna be laughing about this because I've gotten to a point where if I don't laugh, I just I'm fall into cry. a bit of despair. Yeah. Um, you'll cry. Yeah. It's just uh... you can't. It's like that's so cliche, but it's so true. You can't not laugh about it, or else you'll just be super sad forever. It hurts. Um, man. Now we got to talk about this godforsaken sports city that we love so dearly Uh, yeah well i can't literally i've talked about this before like i'm in too deep i can't i can't there's no pulling out now you can't because it's (laughs) sorry (laughs) i did not think that through (laughs) before it came out apologies (laughs) to everyone (laughs) oh it's a good thing Chris isn't on the, the show right now. Oh my god. I'm going to get a very angry text from Brecken when she listens to this. Oh my gosh. Oh. Just your face, too. I wouldn't have thought anything of it, but you're just like... You just gave a little, like, look to the sky. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the Sorry. Tigers. The Tigers. Yeah. So the Tigers. Moving okay. on. Um, you know, it's just a lot of the same. Yeah. <laughs> it... it, 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 it and I don't want to be lazy and say that it's just a lot of the same, um, because I I will say they've been playing better. Mm-hmm. They've been relatively. stringing together relatively. They had a four game win streak, which was cool. It's like, hey, this team can win baseball games. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then it, they it's had a just... three game losing streak where they only yeah. got one run. And I, I, I think the thing is, too, that injuries have plagued this team, especially in the yeah. starting rotation. Um, and I believe at a point, all five starting pitchers were removed from starts via injury. So Scooball took... Scooball was dealing in Cleveland. Okay, and thankfully... Uh, the Tigers got a win on Sunday against Cleveland, so they split for Alex Fajardo's first win. Which, again, by the way, Alex Fajardo has been very good, and I, I, I don't know how you would keep him out of the rotation right now because a you can't because who who is going to pitch for this team, um, and b uh, the man has. Uh, 
the man has a even three whip. He's got a, uh, or no, an even three ERA, excuse me. Um, about a, about a runner and a half whip, which isn't good. Um, but he's got 14 strikeouts in 21 innings pitched. For a guy who's never pitched at this level before, he's, I, and we've said he's older. Okay, he is a little bit older, but he's he's 26. Mm-hmm. And a lot There's, of people were ready. Yeah. A lot of people were ready to write him off too. So like, that's been a bright spot. Um, Bo Brisky today again. He's he's kind of he's been you know hit around tonight, but in a team or, or against a team who has the third most runs scored in the American League, he's only given up two runs in his start tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And Scooball has been a Cy Young Award candidate. And that's not an exaggeration either. And if it weren't for Justin Verlander, he could be in the in in the serious conversation for that award right now. That's how good he has been. His slider is nasty. He finally has some control. But then, hey, you know what? I'm just going to take a line drive off the shin and exit my. <laughs> and you know what happened? Uh. Five. Five scoreless innings. As soon as he was taken out of the game, Cleveland scored like six runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, it's this back and forth of like, what does the starting rotation have to do? Because we we are literally down to our like twelfth option in our rotation, and that's not an exaggeration. That's gonna be that's gonna be the title of this of this of this week's podcast. Not an exaggeration. Okay. Um. And they're putting up respectable number, and we still can't figure out ways to win consistently. Four game win streak is cool, but uh, they're like four and eleven in their past fifteen games in Minnesota. Yeah. So instead of not being able to win against Cleveland, oh, we've just shifted the narrative now to the Twins. It's like great, another team that we can't beat within the division. (laughs) Like, holy smokes. And we went through the offensive woes last week. I won't get into that. Scope's been picking up a little bit. Condelario's been at least consistent. Okay, mm-hmm. so the I was listening to the broadcast uh, before, like just the, the pregame stuff, and they're like, ah, oh, Scope's been really hot. Scope is still hitting a buck 68. Yeah. Yep. As good as he's been at the plate recently, quote unquote good, mm-hmm. he's still hitting below two hundred. Which I don't even know what to say. Like, how do you even like quantify or talk about that? <laughs> I think Chris Fetter is honestly going to have to find Madame Zeroni and take her up the mountain because there's something has happened within the pitching lineup staff situation. What else are we going to do? I mean, I don't, I don't know. And a lot of people were starting to point fingers at Fetter because it's like, Oh, all these pitchers are getting hurt. So like what's happening with like their recovery or the stuff that they're on. It's like, okay, well, fricking bozos off the side of the street are going into a tiger's uniform and pitching five innings with two runs given up. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
shut your mouth about Chris Fetter, but now I'm going to start to get worried about like Chris Fetter seeing all this work that's being done. It's like, is he going to bounce? Like, right. And it, it, it just, it, it just goes back to the ineptitude of the front office. Uh, Chris Costa, Chris Castellani, who I've talked about a few Mm -hmm. times before, he did a thread today of, uh, of the twins. Um, and he talked about how the majority of their lineup were international free agent signings. So not drafted, not traded, all this stuff. So guys that they signed in the in the international pool, brought into their system, raised them up, and then now they're there. Um, the Tigers have developed two bats that are still with the organization right now, and that's Torkelson and Riley Green, mm-hmm. both of which were top three draft picks. Yep. And you were awarded them because your team was so god awful. <laughs> so he's talking about how, like, man, the 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 scouting department in that area, with exception to the Rule Five draft, I don't know, I don't know how they've done what they've done in the Rule Five draft with Victor Reyes and Akil Badu, but they did it. So I'll give you your gold star. So boom, you get one gold star. That's it. Um, but I think he made excellent points there. And that's the, like, the Twins were bad before the Tigers, and now they're good again because they did exactly this. They loaded up on these international, they loaded up on prospects everywhere, and they still have a top 10 MLB prospect in uh, Royce Lewis. Okay, he was the number, he was, he was I think, a top 10, if not the number one pick uh, in his draft. I can't remember, don't quote me on that, I don't think that's true. Um, but he was a, he was a very high draft pick. Uh, and they sent him down solely because they have Carlos Correa. And that man was batting in like 12 games, 333. He would be the best hitter on the Tigers <laughs> by far. So that was draft and international pool. You can't just you can't just become a good team by thinking you're gonna hit on these on these draft picks. And hoping for the best. Because look at Casey Mize. Casey Mize was the number one draft pick. And he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Due to his arm health. Mm-hmm. I'm a little... I, I mean, I talked last week. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about that. Um, but then you have Torkelson, who's the number one overall pick. You have Riley Green, who's supposed to come up. And he's now the number two prospect in all of Major League Baseball. But if that's it, that doesn't make a healthy farm system. Just because you have the number two prospect doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar. Jerickson Profar was the the consensus MLB number one overall pros, prospect, and he's a journeyman. He's a good player, but he's not a franchise cornerstone that you would need a top overall prospect to be. So, I, again, it... At that point, it, it just comes down to how you scout, how you sign players. And I, I had this conversation with my dad a little bit too. Um, I, I'm still a firm believer, and I'll say this till I'm blue in the face, that Al Avila should have been. And I'm. It, it's not It's not an exaggeration, keeping with the theme. After that Verlander deal, how bad does this Verlander deal continue to look? And this, take my fandom aside. Take my fandom aside. This is me not yelling at the microphone. This is Thank me you. not calling 
Al Avila a complete buffoon. Every single day that passes, how horrible does this deal look for the Detroit Tigers? It's continuing to deteriorate. Like, it, yeah, it's, yeah. And that piece was a future Hall of Famer with obviously something left in the tank. And that's the return you get for your mm-hmm. future Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. who is easily a top 10 pitcher in the American League, easily leading the American League in ERA right now. That's the return you get. The return you get for J.D. Martinez is a bunch of shortstops that aren't even in your system anymore. You did get Austin Meadows. Okay, cool, whatever. Or no, you didn't even get Austin Meadows for it. You have you you got three shortstops who are not in your system anymore. You traded Justin Upton for a player who's not even playing baseball anymore. You traded Nick Castellanos for Joey Wentz, who wasn't a top 15 prospect in any anybody's system, and he got lit up in his first start his first start jury's still out i get that but still you'd want something else for a as quality of a, a homegrown hitter as nick castellanos was mm-hmm. and you traded your best deal again i've said this before was trading your son yeah oh my gosh i forgot you get, that happened and you get condelario who if he wasn't on the tigers right now but the way that he's paying, let's face it, he would not be playing anywhere. And honestly, in some circles, if he were on the Dodgers, he might be cut. That's mm-hmm. an exaggeration. I think the Dodgers would figure him out and he would become a superstar. But if he were on, like, uh, the Marlins, he'd be cut mm-hmm. based off of his production. And that hurts because I'm such a Candelario guy. And then you got Isaac Paredes in that deal who you turned into Austin Meadows. And Austin Meadows has like some sort of, and it's bad luck too. Austin Meadows has some sort of freak injury. He's suffering through vertigo right now. How many times have you seen a baseball player suffer through vertigo? That's like a hockey injury. (laughs) So there's that piece. And before I stretch this, even further um going into the free agent signings as well this stems back further so i'm talking max scherzer era detroit tigers when they refused to sign max scherzer what did they do they went and signed jordan zimmerman jordan zimmerman not an exaggeration was one of the worst free agent signings in the history of major league baseball he had a great first month in a Tigers uniform. He had a sub one ERA in his first month, but since or ever since that point, butt cheeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking back at that. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Justin Upton was meh. I think he would have gotten a big contract somewhere else. Okay, he was he was he was meh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then all these other signings were what bad teams do. Like Grossman, he's been he's been fine. Um, any other free agent signing that we've had, they've been or Josh Harrison forgot how to play baseball when he signed here, and then he went to the Nationals, ended up winning a World Series, I think. 
No, he wasn't on that team. But he rejuvenated his career. Okay, ended up going back to the numbers that he had before he came to Detroit. Um, and then I looked at our free agent signings this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I started to think to myself, okay, so Eduardo Rodriguez. Okay. So had good advanced metrics. And I talked about like, if you look in the advanced metrics, the money ball system, that's how bad teams get good players by looking at those metrics. Okay. Uh, but now this is second year in a row where his advanced metrics did not match or haven't matched his on-field stats. So A, how much can you trust those things? And B, did he sign here because no one else offered him the contract that he got from us? Uh, Makes you think. Mm -hmm. Number two, Javier Baez. Okay. Javier Mm -hmm. Baez is a complete upgrade from what we could have at shortstop. We've said this. Did he sign this contract here because nobody else would give him the money that we gave him? And it and it wasn't a lot compared to other players. And he's not even the worst shortstop that signed. Marcus Simeon has had a horrible year in Texas. So thank goodness we didn't sign that deal. <laughs> uh, but we signed Javier Baez to a cheaper contract. And I like Javier Baez. I do. We signed him to a cheaper contract. He still is refusing to make adjustments at the plate. Pitchers are throwing him sliders on the outside and he's swinging at every single one. Fantastic defense to the point where I'm like, I finally cracked the code. Javier (laughs) Baez is the Dominican Brandon Inch. (laughs) Excuse me, not Dominican. He is Puerto Rican. He is Puerto Rican. He is a very good player. He was an MVP candidate, but right now, Javier Baez is the is the Puerto Rican Brandon Inch. The, the, tell me, tell me if he's not. A guy with some power doesn't really hit for average right now. He can't really get on base, but his glove is phenomenal. Gold mm-hmm. glove caliber. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? Sounds like Brandon Inch. It sounds like Brandon Inch, and Brandon Inch was never hitting fourth for the Detroit Tigers. No. I'll leave it with this. Okay. Will and you? I and I want I want I want you to have some thoughts too because I Tigers I always just blech. I just word bomb it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I usually don't have a ton of thoughts, so Um Miguel Cabrera has been fun to watch again. Mm-hmm. Which has been great. Mm-hmm. I saw his first at bat. Small he, highlight. Small highlight. He's been great to watch. Him him finding those holes that he used to find and just smacking the ball. I mean, it's a lot less power. He's older. He's 39 years old, for crying out loud. Um, but you're seeing the shell. Like, you hear, like, oh, this guy's a shell of himself. Okay. But usually phenomenal players, which is what Miguel Cabrera was, a shell of themselves is still a pretty good player. And now, after years of him like starting to get healthy, uh, uh, you're seeing that shell, which is still pretty good, begin to shine a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's been fun to see. Yeah. And he's been leading your team, and not—I don't want to say <gasps> cheaply because his power isn't there anymore, but 
280 average. Mm-hmm. On base is good. OPS is above league average. Cool. That's mm-hmm. good. But a 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera in year 685 <laughs> of your rebuild should nowhere close to be your best hitter. Yeah. And that completely falls on the people who build the team. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. No way. Mm-hmm. If a if a contract that was signed before your general manager is still the best player on your team offensively, your general manager has failed. Mm-hmm. And Al Avila has failed this mm-hmm. franchise. Chris Illich has failed this franchise. We've been sold we've been sold fake goods for yep. this team. We had all this hope, promise, and look at where we are. Okay, so because I'm not super well-versed in how management at the baseball upper levels work, um, how involved is Chris Illich with the management of this team as compared to other the, uh, the Red Wings, I guess? Because clearly Iserman has like a vice grip on that. But I'm wondering if, just by nature of the way that the league is set up, if Chris has more hold on the Tigers. All owners are all owners are in charge of the money that goes into the organization, right? And then they make the hires. They make, mm-hmm. or I guess they hire the people that make the hires. So sure, Al Avila would technically be hiring the scouts, the blah blah blah, all those people. Okay, but Chris Illich is the guy who supplies the money, mm-hmm. and I think. He's. I don't think he's a dumb guy. He's a smart businessman. This is this is the problem with all of these owners. They're smart businessmen. They figure out the best way that they can, a, make money and not spend a lot of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But for sports, which feels very opposite of his dad. Like I guess uh, I don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Anyways, we don't need to get into that whole argument. I guess. But Mike Mike Illich saved these franchises. Yeah. We do realize this. I was having this conversation with somebody else, uh, our guest speaker on sun- at Sunday in Highmark. Mike Illich saved the Detroit Red Wings and the Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. These were the Red Wings were a dead franchise, yeah. okay, and the Tigers were a meddling one. Mike Illich came in, spent money, and put these teams back on the map. Mike Illich won four championships. Mike Illich created a dynasty with the Detroit Red Wings, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he he did put the Tigers, which and maybe even my argument, the hardest championship to win in sports is a World Series. I would I I think as much as hockey is mentally and phys or not mentally, as much as hockey is physically grueling to win, I think this is amount of sheer difficulty to win a World Series championship is the hardest thing to do in sports. Okay. Because you have to string, you can, you can have six months of great baseball, and if you have a bad week, you're done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess you could say the same about hockey, whatever. Okay. Um, but as we've seen with 
the Tampa Bay Lightning. It seems like winning is just easy to these guys, but they cheated, and I won't get into that. Um, but Mike Illich put the money in, he put the time, he put the effort, and he saved these franchises. And to see his son not reciprocate a similar feeling to that is really disappointing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's now you're seeing it seep through at least the Tigers because you hope that Eijeman is doing something great, um, which I think he is mm -hmm. um, because he is a competent manager or general manager. And frankly, he just built the dynasty that is unfolding before our eyes in the NHL um, right now. Right. So at least you have that. With Alavila, you don't have anything. Do you think we will get to a point where Chris makes that switch or if he doesn't fire Alavila by the end of the year, then uh, I think the Tigers as a franchise are incredibly in trouble or mm -hmm. we should get ready. We should get ready for decades of ineptitude. Mm -hmm. Do not get excited about anything because once Cabrera's gone, once Verlander retires and all the remnants of the 2016 or I mean the 20. 12 and 2006 Tigers World Series run teams will be long gone. Mm -hmm. The Tigers have the third longest World Series drought right now. It might even be the second behind the Cleveland Guardians. What? Mm -hmm. That should not happen. Especially with the owner that you had. But yet here we are. Not an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be something to discuss as we get closer to the end of the season. <sighs> Just, I hope they can turn it. I really do. I, Noel, you know I love this team. I mean, I the flag is right. The flag is right there. It hovers above your head every every pod. I I adore. I don't want anything more as far as sports than take everything away everything i don't want anything more than a detroit tigers world series when that happens if that happens at this point i will sob like a little baby i already have it envisioned in my head if my dad is still here because that's questionable Jeez. um and my dad's healthy and not old but you never know mm -hmm. what would happen i'm not going to talk about it. wow that's really sad um <laughs> we're sorry ken <laughs> if the clinching game of the World Series, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'd envision that I'm going to have like World Series parties to, or like, like, like playoff parties to watch games with people. But the clinching game, any clinching game, I'm not having anybody over. I'm going to watch the game, with my mom and my dad, and we're just going to watch the Tigers win the World Series together. That's what I want. If we're envisioning this is happening in like twenty years, are you just kicking your family out? Well, Wife, I mean, kids, all those people—it'll just be. You, you know, when I had this, when I had this dream, I I imagined <laughs> that I would still be young and not have like this far in my. You know, within the next year, not in the next twenty-five. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess my kids will be asleep, and my wife will be there too. Whatever. <laughs> um. But no, I think that would be such a, just a, a special, yeah, special absolutely. moment. But 
and all the, the, the feelings that all those Cubs had, the Cubs fans had in 2016 with their families. My buddy Frankie, he had that with his family. Like, I don't think they care if they don't see it. I mean, they do, but like they saw it together. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. about that to just break it, win that World Series. Like, again, I would not be sitting here as passionate as I was if the Tigers win the World Series in either 20 or 2012 or in 2006. I wouldn't care that Verlander's mm-hmm. pitching for another team. I wouldn't care that we are the laughing stock of the American League Central. I would not care because we would have that ring. I'd have that T-shirt. I'd have that moment with my family. I'd have that. I'd have that run to where everything worked out. The Royals had that in two seasons, and then they sucked again. I don't think anybody cares in Kansas City at all. Yeah. And Chris Elich and Alavila are taking that away from us. Not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's all I gotta say about that. What a happy, um, happy ending to that. I wasn't yelling. I was you just being honest. Yelling. I know. I know. That's all I can ask. Just want your honesty. And functioning eardrums at the end of the half hour that we usually spend on the Tigers. Golly. (laughs) What did you want to do next? (laughs) I just want to root for a good baseball team. Uh, I don't want to have to go to St. Louis to watch competitive (laughs) baseball. (sighs) Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Kinda. At least the hat's cool. We got a cool hat, I guess. Magnum P.I. wore it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <That's>, sorry. <laughs> I didn't have cable as a kid, so I, my frame of reference for most things is 70s shows. Uh, I'm going to die. <laughs> so, from one depressing sports franchise to another... Um, <laughs> This is at least a little bit exciting. Okay, so let's just talk about the Pistons. We got the draft yeah. coming up. Um, yeah. Some news that I saw this week. Uh, the team announced that they will be playing a game in Germany. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't see that. So they will be playing a game in Germany against the Chicago Bulls, so a little rivalry okay. game. So I yeah. think that's pretty cool. Um, and then a way to obviously grow the game of basketball. And I think just about every league is starting to do that more consistently. I believe the NFL did that. I don't want to say first because baseball has been around. They've done like a Japan series. Tigers have been in that, which by the way, to rewind to the Tigers, there's a poster, I think in the sixties of the Tigers playing an exhibition game in Japan. And -hmm. it's like all Japanese writing. And then like that classic sixties, Japanese, like, like, uh, art i guess mm-hmm. like cartoon art um uh, not anime any of that stuff um but like it just you could look it up like that's something i want to have it's just really cool looking i'm i'm sure it's like orange and uh maybe it's the 70s too i don't really know um so but like this idea of expanding and growing your game globally is really cool and i don't think uh, the NBA has exclus or has extensively been in Europe very often, um, but I believe that game's going to be in October. 
Um, and uh, Actually, I think the Bulls played in Europe once for exhibition, and I think they do that where they play. Yes, that. That is sweet. Yeah, that is really cool. If we can post it in the show notes, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that's cool. The Pistons are going to be able to participate in that with some – and those will be two exciting teams. The Bulls were a very competitive team in the East this year um, and a playoff team as well. And the Pistons have a budding superstar in Cade Cunningham, as we've all known. Um, so some news. Uh, but also just for a little bit of draft uh, diagnosis, um, Yahoo Sports, this is their, uh, I believe, their first mock draft that came out yesterday. Um the consensus number one overall selection, um, who most people thought was going to be Chet Holmgren, who is a forward center from uh, Oklahoma City and who was like the white Kevin Durant. I've heard some comparisons to that. Um, okay. Uh, the Magic, who hold the number one overall pick, look like they are going to take Jabari Smith, who is absolute freak, the, the write-up on him. 6'10", 220, Smith is a long athletic forward who has a pretty shot from behind the arc and excels when he gets downhill with a head full of steam, particularly rim running on a fast break. So it sounds mm -hmm. like he's a slasher who can shoot. And mm -hmm. Franz Wagner was a slasher. Um, and Franz Wagner was rookie of the year candidate with a half of Jabari Smith's game. So kind of seems like that makes the most sense. Chet Holmgren, number two. Um, according to this list, number three, we have the Houston Rockets taking Paul Banchero, who is personally who I would want if the Pistons were drafting in the top three, but they will not get him uh, to the Houston Rockets. Uh, in this draft, they have the Sacramento Kings trading or drafting Shaden Sharp, guard from uh, Kentucky, who was seemingly slotted in our spot. And he's 18 years old. I don't know how necessarily I feel about teenagers being drafted um, and expecting them to just be freaks because it doesn't always happen all the time. Um, but this is where it gets interesting. Uh, the fifth pick, the fifth pick is us. Yahoo yep. has us taking Keegan Murray. Okay. So I love Keegan Murray. Obviously yeah. watched him extensively. We talked about this last week. Uh, mm -hmm. Great shot. I think he is just a baller. He's a baby faced assassin, um, but he plays <laughs> forward. Um, and the speculation is, where is he going to play in this lineup? Right. I think they take Keegan Murray if they have a spot to draft uh, Jeremy Grant. Mm. Yeah. So, um, that would make the most sense to me, because looking at the Pistons roster, um, they have quite a bit of forwards. So... They obviously, Marvin Bagley is a center power forward, but Sadiq Bey, he's not going anywhere out of the starting lineup. Cade Cunningham mm -hmm. isn't going out of the starting lineup. Um, I, I mean, I would maybe even argue that uh, um, well, Kelly Olenek isn't going anywhere for the time being, but also I don't think you're going to build a team around Kelly Olenek. Um, and uh, Diallo could play so they could play smaller um and uh you could roll with that so um they could have a bigger lineup with a lot more power forwards um some smaller guards with killian uh 
who would, I would believe would come off the bench. Um, it could work in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, you could not have Keegan Murray, Jeremy Grant, and Sadiq Bay on the court at the same time. So I think that's if Jeremy Grant gets traded. Um, and then you rotate through. Uh, or they would have an opportunity to draft Jaden Ivey, who in this mock-up, a fairly instant player comp when watching Ivey is Ja Morant. Hmm. I've watched Jaden Ivey. He's a little bit of a positionless player, and maybe that's a horrible, horrible um, uh, scouting report. Maybe it is, but it seemed like there was a lot of issues that Purdue in the tournament did not have a true point guard, and Jaden Ivey was running point. Um, so if you have Cunningham running point, which is what the Pistons liked to do, and then they had pulled Killian off the bench um, and moved Kate around, um, you could do that as well um, and have just a freak athlete play. Um, so looking at this list again, based off of what's available. Uh, I like those picks. I would I would be fine with either one of those. I like Keegan Murray because he's a little bit older. Um, he's got a great shot, and I think he's a baller. Jay Nivey might be one of the most athletic players in this draft. Um, but scrolling down, still, uh, Benedict Mantherin, who's guard forward, and you heard me talk about him last week. I, mm-hmm. I He just took over games like Cade Cunningham took over games uh, in the Big 12 tournament and then in the uh, NCAA tournament as well. I would I would be thrilled to have him. Um, and then my man, who I think is just a, a, a man amongst boys in <laughs> uh, uh, Jalen Duran from Memphis mm-hmm. uh, is currently slated at 15th overall. So he fell quite a bit. Uh, and mm-hmm. so he must, his combine numbers must have not have been that great. Um, but if somehow you can creep into the second and he falls a little bit, you have two true centers on your roster, one of which is Luca Garza. <laughs> and as much as I love Luca Garza coming out of college, Luca Garza is slow. He cannot play in this NBA. <laughs> he just, it's, it's just, it's not there for him. It's just not there for him. And, yeah. Isaiah Stewart is an undersized center. Now, Duran is under uh, six foot or under seven foot, but he's six eleven, so still kind of darn close. He's and he's eighteen. He's six eleven, eighteen years old, and two hundred and fifty pounds. So this this is a this is a man. That is a, a tank of a human, and also probably can still grow. Yes, he's probably not done if he's eighteen. Yes, absolutely. Um, some other notable uh, prospects: Nikola Jovic, Serbian forward, not to be confused with Nikola Jokic. Um, Yikes! And, That's a Glenn Denning, Glenn Denning situation. Yes, very much so. Um, and then I'm looking through here: uh, Christian Koliko, who's the Arizona center, who he's a seven footer, 220 pounds. And then Bryce McGowan's Nebraska point guard, who is 6'7", um, played for a very bad team, but he is a very talented player. Um, and then I'm trying to find him if he's slated in the first round or if he'll be in the second. Uh, he will be in the second. Um, 
it looks to be like that Caleb Houston, who is barely 18 years old, is not coming back to Michigan because he was promised, quote unquote, that he'd be taken <laughs> in the first round if he was there. Um, and he didn't do anything in his combine. And this was a player who looked overmatched and very unathletic in Big Ten play. Uh, and he didn't do his combine and he could potentially get drafted. So bottom line, there are players that I like. Um, but if a guy like Caleb Houston gets drafted, who I thought was like the worst player on Michigan's basketball team this year, I don't know anything about basketball. So keep that as you will. Um, Mm -hmm. but we take Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivey. I'm thrilled. And Jaden Ivey's mom played for the Detroit Shock. Mm, cool. And I believe his uncle played for the Detroit Lions. So. The kid has some roots. And, and how does this city feel about Detroit homegrown people? We love it. <laughs> we love it. But on the flip side, the Pacers pick immediately after us in the draft, and they're slated to take Ivy if he's there. So yeah. if Ivy is there, he will play with the Pacers. He will not go past sixth. It's yeah. just a matter of will he, will we take him at five? At five. Will we keep Jeremy Grant and try to build around him? I don't know. Um, so that'll that'll really decide what that pick will be will really decide how our roster will shape up. So if we draft Ivy, I would imagine we would keep Jeremy Grant. If we draft Murray, I think we would trade Jeremy Grant for a first round pick later uh, in this year's draft Mm -hmm. and draft somebody else. Mm -hmm. Those are my thoughts. Those are some good thoughts. Do we uh, have anything for the Lions? Honestly, I don't think we do. Okay, um, I didn't think we had it either because nothing is. I mean, it's we're deep into the off season. Uh, there's been a lot of hype around Jameson Williams and uh, Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like I see them on my timeline at least once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to push those boys. I need a, I need a Hutchinson jersey now. I guess. You didn't think you needed one previously. Well, I. I did need one, but also I wanted a white one because I don't have the white new Lions jersey. Mm. And, like, if I don't sure, sure. get a Hutchinson Lions jersey, then, then, then like, what other jersey is made perfectly for me? I don't know. Other than that one. Yeah, that's true. He's got your Michigan boy and the Lions. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And then in... Red Wings land, not much, really. Stephen Comfort. Oh, yeah, we did sign a person. I, <laughs> yeah, he's, um, I don't know, who, who is he? I, Bottom. he wasn't an AHLer, he was in a, he, whose system was he in before he got to us? Boston. Boston. And he was, like, pl- kind of playing on their team. I think he had 20 games last year, something like that. But depth, depth signing, one-year contract. Yes. So I'm looking, so again, still bottom third team in cap space. 
uh, for the Red Wings. And uh, I want to look at this because, um, well, Danny DeKaiser will be gone. Uh, yep. Mark Stahl might be gone. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. You have Comfer for next year at the league minimum um, of $750,000. So at the very least, uh, I would assume this guy would be your Osterley, maybe. Because I mm -hmm. think Osterley is going to play. This, this, because he's still, he's at a $1.3 million. I feel like that's a lot of money to just keep in your press box. Um, hey, does he have one more year on that contract, Osterley? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he'll be here next year. Yeah. The, the defensemen we have under contract for next year are Philip Heronic, currently, right now. This yep. obviously could change. Philip Heronic, uh, Jordan Osterley, who is, by the way, the second highest paid defenseman on the team as it stands right now. At 1.35. Um, Mo Sider, of course. Bless him. Yeah. Um, he'll get a he'll get a pay raise this next contract, whenever that happens. Next contract yeah. signing. Luckily, we have him under a million until 2024. Um, yeah. So that's nice. Uh, then Gustav Lindstrom is at 8.5. Uh, and then Uli Juliovi, or Julie Julevi. Is a restricted free agent. Jake Wallman is a restricted free agent. He'll still be here. Um, and then Stephen Comfer. So if you had to make a lineup right now, your top pairing defenseman would be probably Mo Sider, Jordan, Jordan Osterley, uh, <laughs> Philip Heronik, Gustav Lindstrom, and then either or, or probably Jake Wallman and Stephen Comfer with. Uli being your healthy scratch. You don't think Wallman would be higher on that list? He because could I be. feel like he was the only competent. Is he on the left? No, he's on the right. He could be. You know, I don't know. Who knows? So they'll sign another defenseman. Um, I would assume they'll re-sign Stahl. And maybe I'll do a deeper dive uh, next week. Because um, they're forward depth is not I, I no i'm looking at cap friendly again i just got sad about sam gagne <laughs> don't be sad though we love but him I, but i am i know hmm. your dad's leaving i know he's gonna get milk and never come back yep that's the metaphor we're gonna go with <laughs> that was horrible that was awful truly awful we're off the rails we can't do this when we're both tired uh-uh. <laughs> but that's all yeah. I got. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, like we said, not much to chat about other than just predictions for draft situation. And um, do you think Jonathan Bergeron will make the jump to the yes. NHL? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I think it needs to be said that what Mo and... Lucas did this season was one in a million and we can't expect that next year. We can't put that pressure on, on poor Jonathan because he may not live up to that and that's okay. Mm -mm. The poor guy coming after those two. No, and then we will see regression from at least Lucas Raymond. I don't think we'll see regression from Cider. No. I don't, I don't think either. there's really much to figure out from this game. 
Um, he's just he's just a a, a very solid defenseman. Defenseman. Mm-hmm. Physical offensive upside. And if he doesn't win the Calder, I will set something on fire. I mean, might be a candle, but something. Gary Bettman's house. Stop it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's say not Gary Bettman's fault. <laughs> I I don't even know where he lives. I'm gonna assume Toronto somewhere. Yeah, probably scoundrel. Which good luck getting across the border easily. Hey, what are you here for? Oh, I'm gonna burn Barry Get or Barry Getman, Gary <laughs> Bettman's house down. <laughs> All right, wrap it up. We're done we here. Need to, yeah, we need to be done. Okay, anyways, um, did you want to... I don't... You already talked about your St. Louis time. Yeah. Never mind. Um, okay, we'll wrap it up before we go even more off the rails. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you being here every week. Um, give us a five-star review. Like and subscribe. That's for YouTube. That's not for this. You understand. Um, what? You know what? Share us with your friends, because I'm sick. <laughs> You're doing and tired. outro. Go ahead, do outro. You, you got and, it. I'm sick and tired giving you guys some good tigers content, some good depressing tigers content, and only like a select few of you hearing it. Tell your friends, okay? So we can all share in this misery together. That's the mm-hmm. very least. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not asking you to do this solely because I just want people to hear my voice. No, I want to. I want to share in our suffering together. Okay. Yes. Let's suffer as brothers and sisters in Christ, all right? Oh my word. All that's right. been a that's been a big thing on Twitter. It's like like people like in the comments will be like, My brother in Christ, please. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a what a way to address a person. Oh, it's hilarious. I die laughing so every time I see it. So funny. Anyways, uh, truth to what he says, please share with your friends. Um, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the CNC Sports Pod. Shoot us an email. Yell at us. I don't know. Whatever. You'll find us. We're there. Uh, and have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next the time. Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning cheated for their second Stanley Cup last year after they circumvented the cap by bringing uh, Nikita Kucherov back later than when he was supposed to be when he was healthier before than when he had to first appear into a, a playoff game. Thanks. Bye. Hey everybody, this is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.